Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to another Sporting 160 EN podcast number 19. And today with me, I have uh, Danny from Toronto, Canada. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing great. A sporting win always leaves me happy and cheerful. Sorry if there's any background noise in the back for a little bit, but it will go away soon. How you doing, Steph? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I feel the same way as you do. You know, the win yesterday, it was very convincing, but we'll talk about it in more detail. Nando from uh, from uh, the U.S., how you doing, Nando? I'm doing well, buddy. How you doing? Danny, how you doing, bud? Doing great, man. I'm excited, guys. We won, and uh, what I've been wanting to uh, hurry up and finish, the elections are finally over. Yeah, yeah. finally. Yeah, indeed, indeed. That was... Uh, a long three months, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, it seems like a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. The topics will be the following. We'll talk about the League Cup game against uh, uh, Maritimo, which we won at 1-3-1. Uh, we'll touch bases with the new president performance so far. Uh, we'll talk about the modalities, which we have quite a few uh, things to talk about that. We'll talk about the upcoming game, which we will be on the 20th on Thursday at uh, 8 p.m. in Portugal, 3 p.m. in the U.S. and Canada. And then we'll talk about, in general, nothing in specific about the cases affecting uh, Portuguese football. It seems to be increasing, and what should we do to resolve them? Uh, so with no further delay, let me uh, give you guys the lineup of the game against uh, Maritimo, uh, which was played on Sunday. Uh, we had in uh, as goalkeeper Salah, uh, yeah. We had uh, Brun Gaspar, a pleasant surprise, Coates, Andre Pinto, and Jefferson in defense. Then in midfield, we had Bataglia, Rafinha, Jovan Cabral, Acuna. And then up front, we had Bruno Fernandes and Freddy Montero. So, with no further delays, Danny, give me your two cents. Um, so I first look at the team I wasn't um, too happy with the selection I wanted a bit more rotation um, it gave me nostalgia of uh, Jorge last season uh, basically playing the same team over and over again having Coach and Bruno Fernandes on almost every single side he's played um, so I was a bit annoyed on that but after seeing the performance um, Definitely cheered me up a bit. Definitely wasn't um, too annoyed about that. Simply because, one, not nobody of significant got injured uh, before this Europa League tie against Carabag. And um, and we played pretty well. I, I think the best under Giuseppe Zaydo, the best this season so far, um, was definitely against Maritimo. Um, I thought uh, Rafinha looked, looked really good. Um, Bruno Fernandes got two goals, but I think Rafinha... Takes man of the match for me, but um, but yeah, Sporting started off strong. We we came into the game, uh, got a few shots off right in the beginning. Um, Maritimo, I think, in the first half had one shot on net where where Salan was 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 quick to it. Um, other than that, they didn't really trouble us that much. Um, Rafinha with an excellent goal um, with a pass from I believe it was uh, Bruno Fernandes just before. Um, and then came the second half, Jovan Cabral, who who was he he was he played all right, but he wasn't the Jovan Cabral that 
that that we've been used to. I, maybe that's down to a bit of rustiness of the last two weeks. But um, um, yeah, he 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 ended up doing a fantastic run of the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maritimo man brings him down. Uh, easy penalty call. It's not like the Benfica game where uh, penalties are created out of nothing. This one was a clear penalty. No doubts about it. Bruno Fernandes tricks the goalie, goes the other way, scores. Um, there was just a little bit of a scare where Maritimo ended up pegging one back. I think it was a defensive error from either Andre Pinto or I don't know if it was Jefferson side or, or Bruno Kaspar side. Um, but uh, nonetheless, there was just a bit of a defensive error. I mean, of course, it's un- unfortunate to see, but when you have the left backs or the right backs, the full backs pushing up so much, it, it you 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 fall victim to that, I guess. I, th- um, I think Pizzedo needs to work on, on our defensive structure. Um, but then after that, you know, an immediate response, Bruno Fernandes sort of took it to himself, um, veered uh, right, I believe, dropped his shoulder, beat the defender, then shot and beat the goalie, 3-1, game over. And then we ended up seeing Gudeli come in for a bit, Wendell come in for a bit, and then Diaby come in for the last five minutes or whatever. I wish Pizzedo gave him a bit more time. Um, but uh, it, 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 we looked good. There's nothing more I can say. I, I, it was a convincing win. Um, we deserved to win. If, if it wasn't 3-1, I'd say we deserved to win by a bit more. Um, and yeah, really, that's that's my thoughts on the game. I, I, I just hope from the little bit that I've seen from Gudeli, I, I was very impressed and I hope uh, to see him for the full 90 minutes against uh, Carabag on Thursday. But uh, I'm sure we'll get into more of that later. But yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on the game. We played very well and, and we deserved it. Okay, sounds good. Uh, yep. Uh, Nando, uh, your turn. Tell me, uh, tell me, give me your thoughts. Man, I agree with a lot with uh, what Danny just said. Um, the, the main thing that I take from this game is the lack of uh, courage that I think uh, or Giuseppe Zedo had in possibly putting out a team that was not in rotation. I think the last podcast, we all agreed that Sporting should have presented a team with players that needed minutes. Uh, I think we all agree that, or at least we all here know how much we feel about this cup. Um, I think most of us don't need to state it again, um, but players like um, Bruno Gaspar, um, you know, that that's exciting. That's the kind of sub in that I wanted to see from more players. Um, Giovanni Cabral, I, I'm okay with that. That's fine too. Um, Rafinha is fine. He's been playing well. So let's keep that momentum going. But players like Bruno Fernandes, Batalla, Acuna, Kovacs, um, even Jefferson or Andre Pinto, Andre Pinto, those guys, in my opinion, should have uh, been riding the bench for this game. Uh, you know, rest up. We already know what we're going to get from these guys. We don't need them to be any more in rotation. Um, so I'm a little disappointed that he didn't put guys in like Wendell, um, even um, Gugeli, who came in as a sub, um, or even Diaby, who came in as a sub. I was really hoping that those three guys would have gotten the start from the beginning. Um, in terms of how we played, we played well. We deserve to win. There's no, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, Cabral or Giovanni Cabral, I think that he, one thing you can notice is that he tried a little too hard to take advantage of that opportunity. I think it's obvious that he's not ready for prime time starting position, but that's okay. Uh, he's become our super sub, so uh, hopefully that doesn't get into his head. Um, that he needs to do everything possible to become a starter. It's good to be competitive and motivated. 
um, but I think he's very useful for us and even more useful for us as a sub at this moment. Um, but overall, uh, you know, very good game um, for a cup that uh, Sporting is overall don't really care much about. Uh, we won it last year, but you know, that doesn't say much. We all have other reasons why we don't care about it. But I hope that this game um, be, you know, was a good indicator of what we can expect for the Europa League on Thursday. Um, I kind of liked a little bit of what I saw from Montero. Um, I'm not a little, I'm not too happy with Bruno Fernandes in terms of how he's still reacting. Um, I, know, I don't know if you guys pick up on these little things, but those goal celebrations and how he celebrates is kind of annoying me a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's rubbing off any players wrong or maybe I'm just overlooking it. I don't know. But given the fact that the fans are still a little not completely sold on him and then the way he celebrates is kind of annoying me a little bit. Um, but it was good to see him score two goals. Uh, I, I like that Montero um, played fairly decent as well, mostly as a lone striker. Um, but overall, yeah, overall good game. A shame that we didn't give other players an opportunity because these are the kind of games that we need to give these guys an opportunity. Win or lose, I could care less at that point. We won. Hey, that's uh, that's cherry on top of the cake. Um, but, yeah, on to the Europa League. Yep, sounds good. Um, <clears throat> so uh, a couple questions I have for you guys. So, Danny, I'm going to start with you, okay? All right. Okay, so the combination in the midfield, to me, it's a concern. Uh, Bataglia with uh, Acuna, do you think the chemistry is, is happening or should we change it? What's, what's going on? I saw a big hole in the midfield. Yeah, uh, I saw it as well. I, I, I agree with you. I think um, I like Marcos Acuna a lot. I'm not going to hide that fact, but he's he's a left winger or a left back. He's not a midfielder. But I think um I think it was Juan Castro who tweeted it. I can't I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was him saying that um Acuna to Pazeiro is what Bruno Cesar was to Jorge Jesus. Just fill him in wherever. And uh I, I don't think the, the same way I didn't think Bruno Cesar was a left back is the same way I don't think Marcos Acuna is a center midfielder. Um, uh, I, that, that's why I really wanted to see Gudeli get the 90 minutes under his belt, get that rhythm, get that team chemistry um, with Bataglia. Or I, I kind of wanted Petrovic just to give Bataglia a rest because he played with the national team. But um, if, if he played Bataglia, I don't see why he didn't want to play Gudeli with him. Um, but I think eventually Gudeli will take that spot. Um, I think then maybe, hopefully, Pizzetto will push Aquinga, uh to left back um, or the left wing. I, I don't mind left wing. It just it, it means that he's taking the shine a bit away from either Rafinha or Nani. One of these two would have to go on the bench, which I'm not too sure which one he'd pick. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely seen that hole in the middle too, and I hope Pizzetto solves it soon with Gudeli because he it, it was just a little bit of time it was just the 20 minutes but in 20 minutes you can tell he played really well you can tell he has that number eight side like well understood and and uh I think he'd be he'd be a, a big help to us in that midfield okay yeah indeed I think I think um I'll just give my two cents really fast I think poseidon has gotta he's gotta think about something else it's not working out at all I yeah. mean, uh, against Maritim, the chances they had uh, uh, the, to, to score goals was through the midfield, uh, not so much the winger. I mean, I, I hate to say it, Jefferson actually had a so-so game. I'm not, 
I'm not uh, too crazy about him. I still think he sucks defensively, uh, but he had a pretty good game against Maritim when, um, and the problem was the big hole in the midfield. And, you know, we got to fix that uh, right away. And we have the tools. We have Wendell and Gucek and later on Saturano uh, from um, Juventus, which is now, uh, should be coming back in October. But anyway, uh, Nando, now uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, man. Uh, were you impressed with uh, Bruno Gaspar's uh, performance? Yeah, man, I, I liked what I saw. Um, he brings a little bit more physicality than uh, what we're used to with uh, Ristovsky. Um, I've been wanting to see more of Bruno Gaspar um, from the beginning, actually, because we haven't seen him really all year other than preseason. So it's good to see. Um, I think that, you know, he's a, just a, he's, he's bigger, he's more physical. Um, I think he has a little bit more skill on the ball. And I think that if we can get him some time and get him some, some minutes here and there, I think that he would become a solid upgrade to Rivstarsky. And that's nothing against Rivstarsky. That's not hating on what he brings to the table. But it's very important to have subs that can come in at any time, at a moment's notice. So if Sporting decides that they want to start Bruno Gaspar because he's playing well, then great. We already know what we're going to get with Rivstarsky, and, and that's exciting. Um, so yeah, I was, I was impressed. I don't think he, you know, he blew everyone's uh, mind, but I think he, everybody could agree that he played fairly well and he showed good indications. I mean, Sporting paid what about 4 million or a little over 4 million for him in the, in the, for the transfer fee. So we have some expectations. He was, he was not a free or very cheap player coming in. So I liked what I saw and I think that he can definitely bring, um, more to the table and a different style, especially with that physicality. I think that that's exciting to have there. Most definitely. I agree because, um, um, Hitovsky, we know we can count on him. Uh, offensively is superb. Offensive, uh, defensively, he still has to impress to, to improve. And then, um, uh, Boone Gaspar gave me a really good vibe yesterday, having two phenomenal or, uh, Piccini was a little bit better just because he was taller for those crosses and stuff. And def defensively, Piccini was great. But these two have a lot of potential. I'm expecting great things from them. Um, and I was very happy with this performance, too. Uh, so, Danny, now, um, explain it to me why isn't Wendell playing more minutes? Because what I saw yesterday was pretty good stuff. Explain to me what's going on. I don't know. I think um, Pazedo's a fortune teller, and he knew he was about to get kicked in the ribs, and <laughs> he decided to save that only. I don't know. I, I honestly don't get it because I agree with you. I, I, I enjoyed what I seen yesterday from Wendell. Yeah. I've been enjoying what I've been seeing from, from the likes of – I mean, I'm talking preseason now, but um, I've watched almost every single game preseason because I have no life. But um, I, Wendell really impressed me. Lumor impressed me. I don't understand. Hopefully – I'm hoping Lumor is, is just, you know, has a little niggle or he's injured. But Wendell, I, I don't understand why he doesn't play. I can see him playing the eight. Um, an eight that that Pataglia um, that Pataglia needs. Um, he can be that sort of Aquilini linking up plays. He's a guy who has a lot of stamina, who likes running, who who hustles. He's everything I like in a number eight. 
He can even play as a number 10, like the oh. Buffon and role, which is another reason why I don't see why we we uh, didn't rotate Bruno Fernandes out the, out the side. Um, I, I, listen, man, that, that question... That question I can ask the Pazeta too. Why don't we see him more? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, he just gave us a few more, a few minutes yesterday, but um, I, I really like what I saw. I was, I was like, wow, this guy can really play. Um, I guess he's, he's like fully motivated. He wants to show Pazeta and all of us that he could play. And I just, I just, I just hope, for God's sake, that it will give him a, a valid chance anytime soon, so we can see yeah. more of this great, apparently great player he was in, in Brazil. So, and at the end of the day, the season is long, and we've yes. also paid eight million for him. Let's let's not let's understand not, that we paid a, a peanuts, chunk of money yeah. for him last season mm-hmm. for a teenager. We we do have to give him time, but at the same time, <sighs> our coaching staff also needs to realize that this kid. Uh, he has to start. We we have to start. Not that he has to start producing. He has to start getting a chance to start producing because he's not even been given the given the chance to. So. Exactly, and that's my you point. Know. And that's my point. Yeah. Yes, yesterday was a perfect game to give him ninety minutes. And exactly, I, I get it. He took the game seriously, and I get it. Our preseason preseason sucked, so he mm-hmm. wants to to get the players uh, with rhythm and uh, in place. And to to learn his tactics the way they, he, he wants to see them play, uh, yeah. the way he wants it. So I get all and, that. And on top of that, there was the, we are coming back from an international break. It's two weeks off for some of them. Maybe instead of having their first competitive game against Karabag, something so important, give them the the game under Maritimu to get more of a rhythm back to their legs. Yeah. I don't. I I understand it, but I just I still think we could have mixed in Wendell. We could have mixed in Gudeli, but oh well. Well, I think I think uh, what Pozzetto did was clear. He took the game seriously. He put the players that he trusts the most to win the game. Yeah. And then uh, the subs were a little bit late. I was expecting to give them more minutes. Um, but anyway, so Nando, I'm going back to you, bro. Um, what about uh, Gudelci? Did you like his performance? Um, yeah, man. I... I didn't like his performance as much as I liked what I saw out of Wendell or what I saw out of uh, of Gershvai. Um, He, to me, seems like he definitely needs a lot more rhythm. And he needs a lot more play time. Um, but it didn't disappoint me. I think that he seemed a little lost in the midfield at times. Like he was trying to cover ground but not quite knowing where he fit in that midfield. Um, so, you know, that, that to me is not – I'm not too worried about that because obviously he just his first game with the team. He's only been practicing for X amount of days, um, but I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't disappointed nor impressed. You know, I don't know what your guys' take on the guy, but 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 I'm like, okay, you know, you see some skill there. Um, I'd like to see him placed in the in the midfield a little better, and, and instead of chasing the ball around, maybe cover cover ground and cover cover zones a little better. Um, maybe that comes with time and just learning Pizzato's strategy. Um, I, I expect that to be the case. Okay, yeah. I mean, to tell the truth, when he came in, he brought stability to the midfield. And uh, he showed that uh, he's, he could be like uh, a Matik. That, yeah, that's uh, the hope. I mean, I, I can see that being like, you know, the ultimate ultimate desire out of that guy in his skill set. I can totally see that being what, what, what yeah. we would hope for. 
that that was actually a good sub and then um um he stabilized the midfield which was a big hole he shows that he could be with uh, w- once he gets to know the, his teammates and uh w- once he gets in bed, he could be better than Acuña in that position i th- i agree with Danny Acuña is a great left back and a great winger i think he's better as left back personally uh but he has no business to be in uh, playing playing mid midfield at all, Acuna. We they they tried the strategy, and he's not that good in the midfield. Uh, okay, so Danny, I'm back at you now. Um, Diaby, you saw a few minutes of him. What do you think? I want to talk about the new players we saw. So Diaby, were you impressed? Um, uh, it was it was honestly too little. Uh, for me to really have um, yeah. an opinion on him, I I I, I wished um, Pazedo had subbed him on a bit sooner, give him at least ten fifteen minutes. Um, and, and but the thing I noticed was Pazedo seemed to have put him on the wing. I don't know if if it was exactly there or if that's just where more or less he was at uh, due to the the, um, the um, I guess the flow of the game, but. Um, he was a bit more on the wings rather than in the middle. I wonder if, if um, Pesedo sees him more as a winger. We do know that he's he's very quick and uh, um, um, what's Sosa Sintra was saying how he's probably the fastest player in the league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if that's where Pesedo wants him to play is on the wing to take advantage of that, or if it's to run in behind defenses to hopefully see that final ball. Um, if I can, just let me mention Montero real quick because I forgot to mention him when I was talking about yeah, the of game. Course. I thought that he, he got a bit of hate yesterday, I noticed on Twitter, and I think undeservingly. Um, I think aside from scoring a goal, which I think he deserved, but okay, he skied a few shots and just others, the goalie was there. I think Montero was damn near perfect. I think um, he was doing everything else that a striker needs to do, which is drag defenders along with him. Uh, in the first half, uh, before our first goal, we had... Um, Rafinha, you know, bossing it on the wings, and then um, uh, all of a sudden, the the defender would seem to be marking Montero, which would then leave space for Jovan Cabral to come in just behind him, get the pass, and unfortunately, Jovan Cabral didn't score it. But there was one or two opportunities like that where, uh, uh, because of not only Rafinha but because of Montero's positioning. Uh, and, and like I said, him taking away defenders from the play, it, it opened up spaces for others. Um, Montero also supplied, I think, two assists, if I'm not mistaken. You're I know correct. at least one he did. No, um, two, two. Was it two? There you mm-hmm. go. I, I think yeah. as a provider, Montero was perfect. And again, it, it proves something that I've been saying since we, we got him last season in January, is that he's not a second striker. As a second striker, he wasn't able to do this. He's a lone striker. He's not the target man that we need. And when we play with Montero, we don't need to cross balls into the box. Um, we need to play on our feet. We need to um, have low crosses. We need to, you know, have have um, triangle shapes throughout the um, throughout the field. So, uh, I, 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 on one hand, sort of get the hate towards Montero because he hasn't finished it. Um, but aside from that, he did everything everything right for a striker um so when it comes to man of the match it has to be between bruno fernandes Rafinha, and montero because montero was lights out i was really impressed with montero again i just wish he had scored um that would have made that would have been the icing on the cake for that performance most definitely 
and Sorry, I was I no, no, no. Here. It's cool. It's cool because I was the, about to bring it up. I think Montero was phenomenal. Uh, he holds the ball quite well. He functions well as a pivot. Like yeah. you said, two assists. Uh, a striker. I know people expect you know to, for them to score goals, but you know what? We scored three goals, and uh, the the third goal. He he's the one who created all that yeah. play, so Brun Fernandes could uh, could score the third goal. Uh, yeah. I and I and I think strikers are are more than just goal scorers. Strikers, um, like I said, they have to open up space for others. They have to sort of distract. If you if you think about it, they sort of distract a center back or a defender away from somebody else running in behind. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Montero did yesterday. Yeah, and not, not only that, he has certain qualities that, uh, for example, uh, Bajdos doesn't have. Every yeah. day, everything he did yesterday, Bajdos wouldn't be capable of doing as much as he did. Yeah, uh, it's a different game we play with Bajdos. Yes, Bajdos. I mean, I've seen him getting better actually, holding the ball and passing the the ball too. Uh, he's learned a lot since he's been at Sporting because when he got to Sporting, he couldn't play with his feet at all, only his hand, his head. So he's gotten better too. But anyway, so um, Nando, who was your MVP of the game and uh, your, the worst player of the game? Um, to me, man, the, the, the MVP of the game. Is... I'm talking about both teams now Sporting and Maritimo. Both teams. Okay. So yeah. for Sporting, MVP of the game is probably going to have to be Montero. Um, I think what Danny just said summarizes it all up. I really enjoyed seeing what he is capable of doing when he focuses a little bit more on that pivot position, on being more of a supporter and not so much a lone striker. Um, I think we all agree that that's not his natural position. So seeing him play that position, um, I guess Maritimo and watching him be totally content with bringing defenders with him, of making sure that defenders had to follow him, was making sure that he was getting that last pass in, making sure that he was, you know, he was making sure that players got that touch on the ball. Like you, you can see that that pass to Bruno Fernandes on Bruno Fernandes' uh, second goal. Um, that was exciting. It was cool because if Montero is used that way, then I think that a guy like Baj Dosh is going to play even better once he's back. And we know how well Bastos can play in that poacher striker position. So, to me, I'm going to give Montero the man of the match. Um, sure, Bruno Fernandes has two goals, and that's what's going to show up on, on the spreadsheet. That's what's going to you know look good. But Montero's play was exciting. Um, but I also enjoyed Rafinha. So, I'm going to put Rafinha as like a close second to me. I'm really, really liking that kid more and more and more. Um, I don't even like saying kid, but I mean, he's young, he's fun, he's exciting. I've been, you know, raving about him for a few games now. Um, so to me, he's going to be um, a close second. He might even be first. I mean, he did get a goal as well, and I think that he played phenomenally. Um, in terms of player on Maritimo, uh, to be honest, there's nobody on Maritimo that really stood out to me um, in terms of, you know, their best player or their worst player. So, no, 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 no. Just one MVP and one worst player. It oh, could have oh, been it could have been MVP for Maritim, but you chose the sporting player. Gosh, no, yeah, for sure. No. I'm definitely gonna keep the Montero as our, our the best player of the match, period, and our best player, with Rafinha being a close second. Um in terms of worst player, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with uh, our side. I'm gonna say uh, I mean it's tough. Maybe Giovanni Cabral, and hear me out, the only reason why I go with him is because I'm so used to seeing the excitement and the fun and the, and the, the immediate 
push up that left side when he comes in as a sub or right side and when he switches over with Nani, um, that I just don't think he was ready for that starting position. Sure, he got fouled in the box and, you know, that led to a goal. But I think that everybody else kind of had a solid, um, solid performance. And I think that he underperformed given what we have seen from him coming off the bench. Okay. Uh, good choices. So I'll go next and then I'll let the, uh, Danny go next. So for me, the, the uh, MVP of the game, and it's a, it's a personal, a personal preference to me, it was Rafinha. Um, you know, he, he doesn't make me miss Jelson Martins at all. I think he's uh, actually better than Jelson Martins. Uh, when he has a chances to score goals, he does score them. And Justin Martins, we saw how many times he missed them. Had a muito like we say in Portuguese. And then the worst player for me was Lucas Africo. Uh, that last play, they almost killed uh, Wendell. Was uncalled for. So, and there it is. So, Danny, your turn. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I think Rafinha is our man of the match. And the only Jelson I care about nowadays is Jelson Dalla. Uh, <laughs> Jelson Martins doesn't even get a sniff on Atletico Madrid. And he's, well got a, he's got a nice spot on the bench. Yeah, the bench. A, nice, a nice spot on the bench, a nice new hairstyle, but that's é, about it. Yeah, está todo contente. E mais dinheiro. Yeah, mais dinheiro. Isso é verdade. Yeah. Isso é verdade. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, no, like you said, the thing that does not make does not make me miss Justin Martins because um, when it comes to finishing, when it comes to um, dribbling, when it comes to passing, when it comes to team play, everything. At defending, okay, maybe defending Justin just takes it a bit. But aside from that, Rafinha, who who's Justin Martins to, to Rafinha? Um, I think it was um, I can't remember now if it was Pedro or João Castro from Sporting One Sixty. Uh, from our mother company, they were they were um, saying that he remi- that finger reminds them of Di Maria, and I 100% get that. I, I see flashes of Di Maria um, at his first spell at Benfica, and even when he moved on to Real Madrid, I, I see that in Rafinha. I think um, if he keeps working hard, if 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 um, if if all goes well for him and he stays healthy away from injuries, I think this kid has a promising future and uh, is going to make Sporting a lot of money. Um, and then when it comes to our worst player, I, I uh, if if I had to pick from both sides, I agree with with Nando with Jovan only, and and that's a testament to how well Sporting played. Um, that our I quote unquote worst player of the match overall um, sort of gave us an assist for that penalty and and did well. I think that that's testament to how well we played. And then of course, like you said, um, is it Luis or Lucas Africo? Luke, Lu- Lucas Lucas Africo. Lucas. Yeah, that that was. Um, an, an unnecessary play. Um, I mean, he should have realized his foot was going that high. Um, he could have really hurt Wendell. I'm glad to see that Wendell's okay and he was at practice today and all of that uh, through pictures on, on social media. So that's always good to see. But um, yeah, unnecessary play. And I don't know how much that red card ban is, but I think the league needs to take a bit more action to it and at least give him a minimum of three games because... That is very dangerous, and that could have that could have ended up a lot uglier than than what it did. And and thank God it didn't. But um, I think that the league definitely needs to take action on that because that is that is unbelievable. Yeah, he's out of next game. That's a sure thing because uh, um, the league game counts for the Portuguese championship, 
And yeah. um, he, he was actually doing pretty good with Maritimo. He was one of my players on my fantasy league. So, yeah, no. yeah I had to he, take him out because I think he might be out for three games. So I've replaced him for somebody else already. Yeah. yeah. Trying to win that trying to win that jersey, are you, huh? Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay, so now, um, uh, Nando, um, you actually brought this question, which is a great one. Brought up this question, uh, Frederic Verandes, um, mm-hmm. he uh, invited all the other losing candidates. Uh, what what did you think about that? Yeah, so um, I, you know, I think it's a, it, it obviously at this point, I think we'd all agree that it's time to put um, any kind of anger, animosity, frustrations, uh, uh, conspiracy theories, all that should be put behind us. Um, it's easier said than done. So I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to say it here and, and hopefully everyone here and any sport that needs to listen holds me accountable to this. But it's time that we put the past behind us. It's, it's time that we try to unify the Sporting Familia. I think that it was cool to see him take that step and reach out to these guys and say, listen, I know that we all ran against each other and we all said things about each other. Uh, but now, at the end of the day, we are Spartan. And uh, one thing that unites us isn't our wives, it isn't our kids, it isn't, you know, what we like to do as a hobby, but it is Spartan. Spartan is our passion, Spartan is what we fight for, Spartan is what we should be bleeding. So it's great to see that they, some of them were there. I don't know if all of them were there, correct me if I'm wrong. I definitely saw Beneditu and I saw um, um, Rijarge and, and whatnot, but I, I'm glad that he did it. It only helps, it can't hurt. And maybe, just maybe, you know, he's got some, uh, some plans with some of these guys to utilize their ideas. I think that one picture that stood out to me was watching um, Benedito and Varandas kind of in a more intimate setting, a little one-on-one kind of thing. I don't know what they said. I don't know what was being said. I can only speculate. But it can hurt. It can only help. And it's good to see what could possibly mean ending the past, ending the turbulation, ending the frustrations, and ending – the back and forth, you know, hatred and, and all that that Sporting Gishas tend to always hold on to. Um, and like you've said before, you know, Sporting Gishas and I agree, we're extremely bipolar. We, one minute it's one thing, the next minute it's another thing. And um, and unfortunately, a lot of it is always against our own actual uh, fans. And that frustrates me. So I liked what I saw. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, um, I'll put in my two cents to uh, the uh, – <clears throat> Them getting all together was actually a pretty good thing. Um, it shows that uh, Sporting is united. Uh, I mean, I, I, I really wish that Bruno Carvalho was still our president. I have no doubts about that. But he's no longer our president. And, and uh, we, have, we have to move on. We can be stuck in the same, in the same twilight zone. And I, I don't know what Sporting is expecting him to win in the, in the court system. Uh, you know, uh, at one point we have to say as a family, as a as Sporting say we have to move on, support our team, support our modalities, and give uh, Frederic Verandes a chance. Um, if 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 doesn't doesn't happen, then we're gonna have an ugly uh, present and future as a club. Um, it's dwelling on things; it doesn't do any doesn't bring any benefits to the club. Danny, how do you feel about it? And just, just to jump in real quick, sorry, Danny, I don't mean to cut you out, and I'll make this really quick. But No, yeah, for so, for so. I, I completely agree, and, and everybody who's been listening to me here on this, on this uh, podcast 
um, and reading my tweets, like I definitely agree that Bruno Carbide is still the guy that I think would be the best for the job. But at the same time, it's it's starting to finally get to me. Um, and I know Danny probably feels the same. I've, I've read his tweets and I've heard him say this, but as much as he loves Spartan, as much good as he does for Spartan, and I know he doesn't want to tarnish his name or have his name tarnished, I should say. Um, it's kind of getting to the point now where it's like every other day he's throwing out a tweet or throwing out a Facebook post to see if he can still make sure that people are paying attention to him or to make sure that people still remember him. And that that's a little sad to see that. I feel like the more and more he does that, the less and less people will continue to remember him and the good he did. And I hope that for his own good and his own sake, he steps away. He um, only does the bare minimum he needs to do to clear his name and then let history take care of itself and let history dictate how well or not well he did. And Sporting East is the true Sporting East will always remember what and how he fought for the club. I, I agree. I think, I think that's, that's, that's what should happen. He, he should, what he did for the club, I appreciate it too very much and I'll never forget it. But he, he has to, of course, clean his name, uh, fight for justice as far as keeping his Kirtan uh, Sosu. He should still be, uh, I don't know why they want to kick him out of Sosu so bad. I think, that's gone above and beyond. I, I get that too. I agree with Bruno Carvalho. You should clear, clear his name, his dignity, his honra. I, I agree with all that. But then talk to Frederic Varandas, make that phone call. And maybe he already did, like Denny said. We, we spoke offline. Maybe he called uh, Frederic Varandas and he said, hey, let's talk about this. All I want is my dignity back and my honra. And don't, don't, don't uh, kick me out of being a socio. If that's the case, I'm cool with that. And then regroup, put put it back a good team, and four years from now, go for elections ag- again. If you're willing to go for elections again, but now for the better of the club, w- what's the sense of oh, vou vou proceder com uma com 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 a corte, uma providência cautelar? When will we stop playing these games? If we don't bring stability, then um, uh, the fans will never go back to, to, to the stadium. Our investors will be like, oh, my God, again? Uh, the, it, it's a domino effect. Nothing positive of it will come out. We need stability. We need to show the investors, everyone, hey, you can count on us. We're a stable club and uh, invest in Sporting, the brand name of Sporting, and you'll see, you shall see returns back. That's what I think. Danny, go ahead. Um. Yeah, I mean, to, to talk on the first point with uh, Varandas and Benedito, and I think Rui Rego, I've seen pictures of him there too. Yeah. I think it's... Um, it's you Tavares uh, também. Tavares também, you're right. Pedro Madeira Rodriguez also was there. The only ones missing was these Freires and Ricardi. Uh, well, Ricardi is good, good where he is. I don't think... Uh, <laughs> I don't, anyways, um, I, 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 li- I like the scene. I, I hope he does take ideas, especially from... Um, his his counterpart or, or the one he was vying for president with, um, the one who he lost to in voters, but in, in all, he, he won in votes, uh, which was Juan Benedito. I think Juan Benedito had a lot of good ideas um, in terms of how to channel disputes really through um, the team manager and not from the coach. Uh, um, I think he also, um, Juan Benedito was a big advocate on on pushing academy and 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 uh, investing more in the academy for long term um, financial progress, if you will, and and I agree with that. I, I hope they collaborate on a lot of ideas. 
Um, and then on, on Bruno Carvalho, <laughs> listen, me and Steph have been debating this all uh, all day today. I think, um, I, 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 to be fair to him, I think after these elections, he's been more quiet. It's, it's more of the media talking about him. Um, Bruno Carvalho fucking takes a shit and, then, and Sam TV is asking whether it's Charmin or whether it's a no-name brand that he wipes his ass with. Um, I think... I think, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I think, I think that. Hey, man, good comparison, merda, man. Hey, don't. We're talking about merda from a merda TV channel. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I know. Um, CMTV and merda. Yeah, it's like uh, TMZ in, in, in exactly, the US. exactly, yeah. and that's what I mean. I think that's why I think he does some of the things he does is is so he can try to clear his name because, um, okay, sure, some of the things. Him being a hothead, he give he gave that to himself. Him talking shit to anybody, he gave that name to himself. But then channels like CMTV and others like that have sort of pushed this rhetoric that that isn't Bruno Carvalho. Um, uh, do I think he's made many mistakes, especially in the last year, year and a half? Definitely. There's there's no denying that. I think even the biggest Brunista in the world will say that. Um, but I think. Uh, the the thing is with me where where I stand with Bruno Carvalho, I think that my biggest um, heartbreak, if you will, like my biggest my biggest anger towards Bruno Carvalho was in the first mandato he was calculated with every attack that he did, whether it was about the vouchers he would he would go to to Pedro Guerra's um, uh, is that three with the attack or whatever the the show was go to them personally and show evidence like this is what's happening. This is what Benfica is giving in, and I enjoy and I like when when um, when he attacked the status quo, when he would attack Benfica, when he would attack Porto, because there's no secret at all, and we're seeing more and more nowadays the the foothold that they have on the league, the foothold that they have on Portuguese football. I'm not saying that Sporting have been the best side in the past decade or 20 years. That's not true, but the fact that Benfica have won four in a row, the fact that Porto have won four in a row, the fact that Sporting haven't won in 16 years, with the news coming out, it's not a coincidence. It's not because... It's not only because we've lacked ideas in the past from maybe past presidents, um, but it's also because even when we had a good president, when we had a president fighting for everything, like Bruno Carvalho was, even still it wasn't good enough, and, and it's because of this foothold. So him taking... Um, action towards the status quo and him fighting towards Befica, I am 100% always would was behind them and always will be behind them, no matter how he takes it, whether he goes onto Facebook or what, whatever he did. Um, I think I think he he lost perspective of who to attack, when to attack, how to attack. I think um, obviously we talk about the post of Madrid when he he never should have done that. I think he learned from that. He said he learned from that. We gave the players their standing ovation six games in a row that they won, and then when they tied against Benfica and lost against Maritimo, and 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 things happened that it happened. The club captains, the best players, quote unquote, they left. Let's not forget they tore up their contracts. They stabbed us in the back. So uh, uh, listen, I I I it it sucks to see him go, but I think that. From hopefully uh, he he affects Sporting as little as possible, but trying to clear his name, trying to either prove that what he was saying about um, the the distribution of and, and Jim Matsuarz, 
um, of, of their things being illegal, of not having enough uh, signatures. And of course, we talk about illegal in, um, in the statues of, of Spartan, not necessarily in judicial law, like Steph uh, explained to me earlier. Um, but so long as he clears his name and then he hopefully clears it to a point that we, we decide not to expel him as Saucy because I think that's, that's the scariest thing we can do or the Verandish can do. And the worst thing is expel him, is take him out of Saucy permanently because I think that in four years, if Verandish runs, if Beneditu runs and Bruno Cravaglio runs and hopefully the club in the, in the next four years have won everything and win Champions Leagues and the leagues four times and fucking Europa Leagues and, and fucking everything, including handball, futsal, everything. I hope we win. I don't want us to lose. But I think that in four years, if, if he clears his name and he gains his credibility back, we're looking at a very interesting uh, election. And we're looking at something that, um, a hopefully a changed man, uh, because I do see that um, from recent interviews and stuff like that, he learns from the errors of his ways. But then again, he fucks it up by going out of a lot and, and not being calculated. And, and like I said, I think that that that's what threw me off. That's what's been throwing me off from Bruno Carvalho is that he's not as calculated as he used to be. Um, but hey, that was my little rant on Bruno Carvalho. Um, and yeah, listen, and, and I, I give my full support to Verandas. He won. Um, whether we'll, I guess we'll talk about um, how we want maybe votes to go on in, in future cases. But if the story is he won. Those were the rules. Um, and, and, I, and he has my support the same way Juan Benedito said that he has his support. I hope Verandas is nothing but the best. And I hope that the team that he has that scares most of us because of how similar it was to the team that Guding Lopsh had, I hope he 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 learns how to how to actually lead that team and 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 bring us glory with whether it's with Rogerio Alves in there or not. I hope he he brings us glory and um, yeah, Forza Forza Verandes. Yeah, okay, and uh, and uh, and that's all that's all not, that's all I can ask from from uh, our brothers and sisters Portuguese is we we need to stay together as a uh, sporting family and move on. And like you said, uh, Bruno Carvalho, if he regroups and regains his credibility and, and, puts, and, and puts together a good team, I think he'll have a good chance to win again four years from now. Um, but do things in a more, look at uh, in a different perspective. Instead of fighting it on the news and using the media, um, just try to talk to uh to the with the new president the the new administration and i think the positive results will come out of a dialogue instead of fighting it with uh with so many uh, appeals uh, it's it's just sporting against sporting geese it's there's nothing to benefit from it but let me turn the page uh let's yep. talk about the uh the president really fast let's not take too much time he hasn't been the president for a long time anyway but so far i'll give uh i'll I'll tell you what I think. I think uh, Frederic Frederic Verandes, our new president, uh, number forty-fourth, uh, Sporting I think he's doing a phenomenal job in controlling what he says on the media, and that's in our day and age. That's very, very, very important. How you conduct yourself, how you say things, how you prepare yourself, not only verbally but physically, your appearance. He's saying all the right things. 
And I'll give you one example. When asked about uh, the uh, cases going on with Sporting Lins Boa specifically the E2 Paytish cases going on, that, that, that stuff, all he said was, I trust the Portuguese judicial system and they will resolve it. And that's sufficient for now, not knowing any details, what are you going to say? You're just going to say something that you might regret later? So, so far, I think he's doing okay. He, was he anxious and a little bit nervous in certain speeches? Yes, but that's normal. Because now... Yeah, it's he, new to him. It, it's new to him. And, and me, people making fun of him because... You know, I mean, take it easy. He's just, uh, he's just realizing how big Sporting is. Sporting is humongous. I mean, we're talking about 3.5 million Sportingistas. Uh, you know, fans that uh, adore and love Sporting. It's a lot of people that uh, he has to prove himself to. I, mean, I remember doing podcasts at the beginning. I was nervous and shit. Now it comes naturally. But before, oh, my God. Oh, we're going we're gonna to be live in two seconds, guys. Okay, okay, okay. So, you know, I think he's, I think he's doing a phenomenal job and given the chance. And we see he's interacting with Bendito, with the, the other candidates. And I think that's very healthy, that everyone uh, is, is making an effort to be a family and to share each other's ideas. And personally, I can see that we'll have a bright future uh, sooner than later. Uh, what do you think, Nando? Yeah, man, I think that, you know, the people hating on him for, you know, as or any kind of poor English or poor, English, I'm sorry, poor Portuguese, um, you know, that's just people looking for something to talk about. He's um, it would I would be he would be hard pressed to screw up his first few days in the presidency. Nothing too big or pressing has come up that would require his immediate attention. So, from the perspective of someone who, from from the perspective of someone who's been a little bit in in. A little judgmental about his ideas. I, I feel like he's played it safe, he's played it close to the chest. He's answered things correctly. Your example with the Holy Copetas or whatever. And I think that as he gets his feet under him, as he becomes much more familiar with what the position President of Sport while number 44 means, I think that he will begin to become much more, you know, assumptive in his answers and he's going to become much more, you know, we're going to start to see his style. Right now, we have no idea what his style of president is. Coming from a guy like Bruno Carvalho, who spoke his mind at all times of the day, good or bad. Um, you know, people back in the day used to say, oh, yo, Bruno Carvalho, guys, ronca gros. You know that he'll falar fala. So we'll see, man. We'll see what, what Varandas has to say and how he's going to go about doing it. But right now, it's so early and nothing pressing has occurred um, that I think that it would be hard for him to mess up. But at the same time, I think he's taking the right approach. Just go naturally with the flow. Let the issues, if they come up, let them come up naturally. And in regards to our rivals and what's going on there, uh, maybe keep your mouth a little shut for right now. Be vigilant and then be prepared with a very tactical and prompt response when needed. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, what about you, Danny? Yeah, I think um, um, just, you know, he, he mentioned um, – during his elections that um, when needed, he'll speak about everything he knows about the 2015 and 16 season. I hope uh, he, he does. And, but I hope, like you said, 
uh, Nando. I hope he does it in a calculated manner. I hope um, he doesn't just talk just to talk and he actually shows proof of, of if he actually does know something um, because I'm starting to think that maybe it was just more um, just more something to say. You know, polit- I can't fault him for it. Politicians do it all the time. They just say things that he they know the people want to hear. So, um, um, but yeah, I, I hope him, like, I, like, you, um, like we've all been saying, I hope him all the best. I think um, he's done already a few good things. It, it's always nice to see Betu um, not our, not the former goalie, of course, the, the, our former defender, um, back with the team as team manager. I think, um, that's a player, um, that lives and breathes smart things. So while at the same time, you know, as a team manager, he'll, he'll be keeping an eye on things in the locker room. I think at the same time, he'll sort of, um, inspire some of the, some of our players to, um, really feel the club and, and, and all of that. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, uh, I'm not, I, listen, I, I mentioned that I think on the last podcast before the elections, he, he wasn't a guy I voted for and I still think he isn't the right guy per se, but, um, some of his ideas don't scare me as much as, as other people make it out to be, or some of his ideas aren't even that bad of ideas. Uh, to be honest, uh, if it wasn't Benedito, it, it would be Verendes. Uh, so long as it wasn't Ricciardi, and I'm glad it wasn't, I think Sporting was on was in decent hands. Um, it's just his team, like I said earlier, that worries me about him. But um, hopefully under the right leadership of Verendes, um, he can go through it. And I think the best way, because I talked about it earlier, um, especially with Steph off camera, but... Um, uh, this is definitely a club that's divided. I think the best way to um, unite the club again, like his slogan says, is to win. I think there's no other way about it. And it's to win in everything. Um, I don't want to add that extra pressure. But, of course, if we get a close second, we'll be disappointed. But I think, you know, it'll it'll definitely unite us more. I think, um, you know, he his biggest... His biggest um, Difficulty, I guess, is uniting the fans, and and I'm hoping that um, at the end of this year we're all we're all happy about everything he's done, and we're all singing his praises and all of that. Yeah, I agree I with say. both of you. I agree with both of you. And uh, if I was Frederic Verandes, I would go one step further and to try to you know, unite all the Portuguese's. I would make a phone call and I would uh, call call Bruno Carvalho and try to to meet with him and resolve the situation in a peace in a peaceful way. Yeah. And um, maybe he will do it. I don't know. I would do it. Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my feelings or my ego. I would be capable of hey, deixa-me chamar Bruno Carvalho para a gente se encontrar uh, à hora do almoço ou and resolve this mess. And assim a gente podemos todos ramar para o mesmo para o mesmo sítio. But uh, let's move on. I'm going to really fast talk about the modalities so we can jump for the Thursday game uh, for Liga Europa. So the modalities, futsal, in our first round, we won 8-2 at home against Bolnes. U-17, Juvenis, we won away at Elvis, 5-0. Uh, U-15, Iniciados, we won a very difficult game against Sekevenes, 2-1. But Sekevenes, for people to understand, in our division, we'll play them every year. They're very tough. Uh, yep, yeah. the, yeah, they're very tough. Uh, Iniciado um, handball in the first round of the Champions League 
We won against uh, the Macedonian team, Minta Metalurg, Metalurg, 34-26. Great game again uh, by Carlos Huesga with five goals. Uh, U19 juniors, we won 2 nothing at home contra Covia de Piedad. Our ladies won 7 nothing against Overens. <clears throat> Track and field, our uh, under-20 ladies, they won the bronze medal. In, uh, in the European Club Championship, Championship Cup. Uh, our U23, I know it sounds like terrible, uh, but I did watch the game. We lost 4 nothing at home, and it is terrible. Uh, but the, um, it was the eight last minutes of the game that we got basic. We lost the game, but when we were down one nothing, we missed like 10 goals. I, I watched the whole game, and I was like, yeah, impetums. And no, we, we just couldn't score that game. Um, So if you watch the game, it gives you a different perspective. Uh, The Tour of China in bicycling, Alexandro Alexandro Marx finished in seventh place. Joaquin Patins, we won the tournament, international tournament of Solverde. We beat uh, HC Cambra 4-2. Judo, Juan Fernando won the second place in um, the uh, under-19 division juniors in the minus 73 kilos uh, in uh, Bulgaria. So that, that was for the European title. He finished second. Um, and then uh, we're going now to talk about the Liga Europa game, uh, which will be against Karambag FK from Azerbaijan. And so people have a better idea about this team. They've been champion for the last five years of their country. It's mm-hmm. a small division. I think it's like only eight or ten teams. It's, it's, not, it's not a big league. Uh, but they, they have money. They have some good players. They have one of our ex-players, uh, Salvec from Bulgaria. Slavec. You guys remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Slavec. He plays Slavic, for them. Yeah. yeah. They actually almost made the Champions League this year. They lost um, in the third qualifier against Bate. Burizov, they tied one one and then they lost one nothing, and that's why they didn't make the Champions League. But last year they were in the Champions League, and check out the they've, they've been in the Champions League for the last two or three years, I think, if I'm not mistaken. No, this year. Uh, no, 2017 and 18, yes, they were in Group C. They played against Roma, uh, they lost two one and one nothing, which it's a close score. And right. Athletic, Athletic de Madrid, they tied against them twice, 0-0 and yeah. 1-1. Yeah. And then again, Chelsea, they, they got killed, 4 nothing and 6 nil. No, for sure. They were in a tough group last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then two years ago, they were in the League Europa. Oh, okay. Yeah, I that, they were in Champions League. Too. No, that was the first time, actually, in the Champions League. Mm. Yeah, okay, that was... Never mind. My mistake. Yeah. Yeah, they were, yeah, because I, I have uh, Google open and I pulled up their history. And that was the first time in the Champions League. Now they're back in the Europa League, which will be Sporting, Arsenal, uh, the Polish team, Poltava, and them. So they're not such a bad team. People, they're no, underestimating no. these guys, but they're not. They have money. They have some, some quality players from Brazil, uh, from Portugal. So be careful. That's all I got to say. Watch out. Uh, but let's talk about it. Nando, what do you think? Give me 
are we going to win easily? Uh, what's, your, what's your score and what do you think about the game on Thursday? Yeah, man, I, I definitely do not think we'll win easily. Um, I think everything you guys were just mentioning, especially their history and obviously them dominating their home country. Um, no, I, I don't think they're, we're going to dominate easily. I think this is going to be one of those teams that Spartan has to win at home, tie away, but it won't be easy. They're going to be there to play spoiler. Uh, anytime you have to travel as far as you have to to get towards Azerbaijan, uh, like, that's not easy, man. That that messes you up not only for that game itself. I mean, uh, we luckily, um, we play, what, at home the first game? So, so that's good. Um, but when we travel, that's going to be a pain. And anytime we travel that far, and then it's going to be a pain for league matches uh, coming up thereafter. So I think Spartan has to be careful. Spartan has to play concentrated. Spartan has to make their next game, their best game this year. And um, and hopefully that is the case. I have every, you know, every feeling to believe that that's going to happen. Um, but I'm not going to say that Spartan is going to dominate or win easily. No, I'm going to say Spartan will probably get a 1-0 or a 2-1 out of it. Okay. Danny. Yeah, um, I agree with what you were saying, Steph. Uh, and I studied even when we when I seen the group stage. Uh, they're not an easy team like people may think. Um, very similar, in a sense, when you think of traveling um, to oh my god, oh to Astana like we did last season. Uh-huh. Uh, very long flight, so it might take a toll on the players. Luckily, again, first games at home, so um, that's not to worry. The the away fixture. Is something to worry a bit more about. And again, like you mentioned earlier, um, they 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 tied twice to Atletico Madrid last year. They're they're not a joke. They have you know Champions League uh, experience under their belt. And more importantly, and I think something that's underrated, whether it's in the Azerbaijan League or in the English Premier League, you can only beat what's in front of you. And these guys are bona fide winners. I'm actually just going through Wikipedia right now. They've been champions back to back to back. I'm at 2013 right now. They were champions in 2013, so they they have a culture of winning. Um, they have a winner's mentality. Um, so it'll definitely be tough. They're definitely a tough team to break down, um, an experienced team. And then we're also a team that, um, you know, we, we haven't yet molded yet. We haven't yet gelled. Um, this is a new coach after three years of, of Georges Zouge. Uh, different players. We lost a few players on the off season. So we and and like Steph mentioned earlier on too, we didn't have that great of a preseason. So um, a lot of things going against us. Um, but I still believe in the quality of our team. I still believe that um, we can and should get a result from this. Um, that we should escape this group nonetheless. Um, and I'm gonna go with a two one win. For okay. Okay. I said three nothing. So. I'm going to keep my score three, not saying. Nice. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but just to give you a little bit of perspective, uh, their goalie is Wagner. He actually played in our league too. And I believe in studio, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah. And then they have, uh, they have two, uh, one player from, uh, two players from Spain, Ooh, Michel and Danny Quintana. He has a friend, they have a French player, they have a player from Croatia. So they're very, very well equipped. They have a player from Switzerland. 
So they have a lot of internationals with full of experience. So we have to be careful with with this team on Thursday. I'm going to be off. I'm going to be watching the game. Actually, took the day off. I have to, in my job, I have too much vacation. If I don't use it, I lose it. So I'm like, hey, let me book it when Sporting plays. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm crazy like that. Uh, no. Don't worry. I, I booked my, uh, my uh, school all around Spartan. So around uh, <laughs> on Thursdays, I only have class in the morning and class at night. <laughs> Buddy, I'm watching these games. <laughs> if, uh, I've done the same thing with my job. I try to take vacation. I'll, I'll even leave work early if I need to. I've done that yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah, I've done half days sometimes. Like, okay, I gotta go. Uh, it doesn't seem to win, bro. Don't don't make them yeah. listen like I did. Like last year, I forget what game it was, and I said I wasn't feeling too good to go watch. <laughs> I went home, right? And then I forgot, and I posted on Snapchat, and then my coworkers were like, "Es caray, you not don't feel good." Well, whatever. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, you dumb. Uh, no, bro. Like I went ahead and posted. I go to work the next day, and they're like, "Yo, you didn't feel good?" And I was like, "Nah, dude, my head been hurting." They're like, "Yeah, hurting? Who got I'm hurting?" <laughs> I felt better. Better <laughs> <laughs> instantly the second I got home. I told you that's why I had to leave. Um, and the last topic of the day, and uh, I, I promise I won't take too long because this subject actually could take really long. But I won't go into detail with any of it. I'll just give you my perspective, what I would do if I was in control of it, which is the cases affecting the Portuguese football, which now it's becoming an embarrassment. Overseas, here in the U.S., I can't imagine what Canadians think, the ones who follow sports, of course. Um, but so far in the U.S., it, it, it looks like Portugal is a corrupt country. That uh, the only reason how certain clubs win clubs, it's uh, win games, titles, it's via corruption. Um, so how, what can we do to clean our league? That's, that's the last question of, of tonight's podcast. And, and I'll give you a few cases that we have going on in, in Portugal. Uh, we have uh, Mala Chao. You guys know the meaning of Mala Chao? No, enlighten me. No? No. 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 Mala Chao, apparently, it's, and I won't say any names of any clubs. You can research it yourself. Chao, it's Italian for saying hello or goodbye. So mala ciao means a bala, uh, the a mala the dinheiro left by ciao, got it? Yeah, no, so, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I'm figuring, man. But I didn't know in respect. Basically, basically, they're saying that uh, the corruption in Portugal has gone as far as uh, paying off players to throw a game or and stuff like that. Uh, so there's um, the Polícia Judiciária, which is equivalent to let's say FBI in the U.S. Uh, they investigating if there's any true evidence in, in, regard, in, in regards to Malachau. Uh, then we have Itupeira. Everybody knows about that. We have Cashball. We know about that. Vouchers, emails, corruption involving uh, also referees. So me personally, if I'm serious about this, if I'm the, Por- the Portuguese judicial system, this is what I would do. Everyone with evidence caught in corruption, I would kick them out forever from sports. Not even give them a chance. Put them in jail, depending on how many felonies, what kind of corruption they were involved, and never, never, ever let them step into the sports arenas. 
never again. That's how you clear football in Portugal. A matter of fact, any sports in Portugal, not only football. So that's what I would do. I would find the guilty ones and clean up everything. Anyone that was caught with hard evidence, of course. That's the only way you could do it. Charge them for X amount of years of whatever the, the corruption was to uh, whatever degree. And then take them out completely of our Portuguese league. Completely. Not for two years, because I've heard Paco Gonçalves, he just left Befica. If he gets the most, he will get it. It's two years. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's a that, joke. That guy, if proven guilty, of course, I'm, I'm assuming that, uh, I'm assuming now, I don't, there's no evidence yet. Uh, then he's been charged of uh, how many crimes I heard? 79 crimes? 70, yeah. 79. So out of 79, if he gets charged of only half of them, let's say, then this guy, he should be kicked out of football forever. I don't care that he was at Befica. Even if he wasn't sporting, I would feel the same way. In the yeah. cash ball incident, if anybody from sporting is caught in the mix of it, kick them out of, of sports forever. I don't give a shit if he's sporting Gishte. He does not belong in soccer world, in sports. I don't want no corruption in my club. I'm glad that sporting Gishte see differently from other fans, from other clubs. We don't have Andres Rals at Sporting. He's out. If he was involved in cash ball, well, he's already out. We're not, we're not nursing him. We're not applauding him to stay at Sporting. We kicked him out. He he's was out. out. He was out when Bruno Carvalho was still in. Yes. Keep that in mind. So yes. That's how much we that's how much we take we take we we care about this. That's how much we can't have that spoil our name. Exactly. I don't get what certain fans, even with the assumption that uh, corruption might be involved in their club, there's not. It's not a sure thing with any club. That's because they themselves are. You know, I hate to say that they themselves, or these fans, are corrupt individuals or have that kind of mindset, man. But it disgusts me. I I completely agree with what you're saying. Everybody here is on the same page, and that's a sporting DNA, bro. That's that's what. Make sporting sport. That's one of the foundations of sport and sporting business. And it pisses me off. I don't care if it's in our club. I don't care if we won. I don't care. Get them out of it. Eradicate any titles won. And make a point. Make it loud and make it clear. Portugal already screwed up royally with the Pito Dorado. They had in their hands the opportunity to clean or begin the cleanse of Portuguese soccer. And they royally screwed that up. And for Benfica to go through Ito Beta for as long as they've gone, and even Sporting with cash ball, okay? I'm not going to say Sporting is completely innocent because um, I don't know, but, let, but, but for the sake of being completely transparent and the sake of being unbiased, I don't care who it is and from where they are. If they're innocent, they're innocent, but if they're guilty, they're guilty. But here's the thing that's hard to understand in Portugal is that we know, and it's hard to prove, and that's the problem with Portuguese corruption. It's hard to prove who knows what, and who chooses to look the other way? I would almost bet that if we were to take a poll between Sporting East and Benfica, let's just focus on those two. Both these and Sporting East and Benfica would all royally be on the same side in, in the fact that we fully expect nothing to happen to Benfica. Nothing of real repercussion will happen to, to Benfica. Nothing. I fully expect nothing, nothing, nothing. I slap on the hand, maybe three points here, two points there, like what happened with Porto. And when you are so used to expecting nothing to come from it, 
then you know you need a cleanse from inside out, from top to bottom. And that's what's upsetting me. That's what pisses me off is that no one is brave enough to confront these fans. Or let's talk about if you the fan base that they say they're six and a half million, seven million, whatever the case may be, and let them know, listen, you're not above anybody else just because you have more of you. That shit pisses me off. Yeah, d- definitely. The, what bothers me the, the most is, uh, and again, there's no evidence. We, we can just assume, oh, this and this and that, that. No, we can't assume. Uh, but it bothers me that instead of saying, I want this motherfucker out of my club, they applaud him. It bothers me. It, that, that's what bothers me the oh, most. Ooh, 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 ooh. The, the journal, right? The, the, the newspapers that we all have opinions on, all three of them, four of them, five of them, they recently were saying that Luis Felipe Vieira suffered from amnesia, bro. Oh, that's insulting all of us. Mm. Well, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, just the fact that, like, uh, I swear to you, I would love to be uh, a fly on the wall or inside of Benfica's brain when they read that news article. Oh, my God. It's like, how can you consciously... It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. embarrassing. And- I, I wouldn't want a president like that. Oh, I mean, you know, you, know, you know how much shit we took? Me, Danny, and, uh, and Bruno, and... You know how much shit we took from a good friend of ours? And, of course, he's still a good friend of ours, Umario, Marita, yeah. Cynthia. You know how much shit we took from him because of Brun Carvalho? Is Brun Carvalho killed Brun? Okay, I got his point. But the minute we would say something about Luis Vieira, epa. The fact of the matter is... Luis Porto falar no homem, aquilo é uma visa. Because you're touching an open wound. Benfiquistas that are real Benfiquistas know that that wound has been open for many years you don't just go into Benfica and suddenly fix everything that has but my point my point is not talking about Benfica at all that's we're deviating now I'm not I don't want to focus my my focus not on that my focus is more on the judicial system in Portugal why do you think they should do to clean to clean the mess in Portugal they have they have to put their pride aside they have to put their club fandom aside and they have to grow the pair of balls that are required to run the Portuguese Primeira Liga, Segunda Liga, and everything, the Portuguese Federation. The judicial system needs to put their pride aside, and they need to admit and accept that they fucked up, excuse my language, in previous cases, like with Porto. They need to start from the bottom, from inside, and do exactly what you just said. Stop Thank you. Outside and clean it out. Yeah. Thank you. I totally agree 100%. with you. That's, that's what I would say. No importa se we fico Sporting or Porto. Put no. that aside. Do your goddamn job. You're supposed to be neutral, for God's sake. No, you... no. Sorry, go. Sorry. No, no. They're supposed to be neutral. If you, if you a judge, if if you if you part of the uh, judicial system, it It's about individuals that worked in the court system, and they would tell Paul Gonzalez what was going on in in the. And for example, in the email cases, they checked it 210 times. 210 times of the case. They were so concerned about the case, they checked it 210 times. That's a lot of times, isn't it? So for something yeah. that uh, the, the vouchers, they checked it 179 times. The vouchers, when Sporting Brun Carvalho was fighting it. Why would they see concern if they said it was not a big deal? 179 times that this guy checked it, and he would he would tell Paul Gonzalez what was going on. Paul now leaving Benfica. Like, come on, bro. It's been a few weeks. Now at this point, why don't you just stay there? And you know what I'm saying? Own up to the fact that you feel you're innocent. Don't leave now. Come on. Well, well two things are going to happen. 
two things going to happen. Either he's going to remain quiet and, and, and remain faithful and, uh, and his loyalty to uh, Luis Felipe Vieira, because to me, as an outsider, I don't think he represented the Sporting Lisboa Benfica, the institution, well. I think he, de he, he, uh, he diminished Benfica's name and, and he put Benfica's name, Nalama, in the merda. That's my perspective of Paul Gonçalves. He didn't provide a good service to Benfica. The 12 years he was there, all he did was bring Benfica's name down, an institution with more than 114 years. And it's, it's, if I'm Benfica, I'm glad that this guy is gone. I'm glad he's gone because he's not good to a, 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 a world-class team like Benfica. And I'll go furthermore with this. If they put him against the wall, he might squeak. He might. Yeah, man, I don't. I, I, I agree with that. I don't see him doing it. Um, there's got to be. Ah, olha, se eu sou polícia judiciária e chegar ao pé de ou ao Fernando. Ou tu diz-me o que é que se passou ou tu vais para a prisão 20 anos. Eu sei, mas, mas já viste o que aconteceu com o cara? O, uh, look, what, look what happened with, and, and even him, like uh, the first guy at Benfica, um, o Valias Verde. Valias Vedo got a slap on the wrist if you really look at it, the grand scheme of things. And that guy was taken way far. Like, they really pushed him, pressed him, took that. I know, but hold on. O Valias Vedo, that, tava roubar o Benfica. Os Benficaistas, they kicked him out. They were, yeah. they, they were kind of glad he was gone. That, that, that was a different, that, different beast. Right. You would hope that he would squeak. And most people would squeak. But then you got to start to think, like, who does he know and who has he receive money from and if he's gonna stay like you said loyal to a Luis Felipe Vieira then Luis Felipe Vieira is sweating at night that's why the man is pretending to have amnesia he needs to start thinking of ways to come up with money to help that go away hey listen the whole the whole scandal with the two parties was because uh, a police judiciaria tinha police judiciaria paisana they got caught oh, not, no, no, they, not, not knowing Benfiquistas and, and like you said not to deviate and, and bring them into our, our podcast but Benfiquistas are more pissed off that a hacker hacked their bullshit than they are that their bullshit came out. I know, and that's and that's that. Uh, and Danny, you can jump in anytime you want to, but and that upsets me because it, when when Bafi Kishas and a lot of them say, hacker thinks it he has to be punished, thinks we don't castigo. He'll think because he went into our server and he broke and that's against and he got all of our emails. That's against the law. I agree with them, actually. Yeah, the hacker should be punished. But you just admitted by saying that that he hacked into your system and the emails do exist. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, and that's and then you when you tell them that they try to paddle back. Oh, that's not what I meant to say. So you can't have. They want everything to go their way. They want to say the hackers must be punished. And then we say, okay, you just admitted the emails were real. No, but the emails, they're still all fake. So why should he be punished then? Right. And the best part is, you know, a a pass, from the, some same, looks. The, the same city that's fucking Bruno Carvalho and Savaria <laughs> and Saraiva lives in Bulgaria. Again, that goes with my rhetoric that the media tries to flip everything and the media is just as involved as... As, oh, as media, other people, but this, 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 this,
e com a, o, o Marques, o, o Francisco Marques, hold on, let me finish this, com o Francisco Marques, Marques uh, em Lisboa. That, that meeting happened last year, and everybody knew about it last year, and they just want to get the same footage and be played now in, 2000, in, in uh, September 2018. And I'm like, olha para esse pares do caralho. They want to get footage that they played six months ago, a meeting that quando eles chamavam Santa Aliança. We're not sleeping, Sportingistas. We know what they're trying to do with CMTV you see notícias que são controlados por, por o Benfica. Benficistas need to realize, because the rest of us have, um, you know, and I always say this, but I find it hilarious when Portistas get all pissed off about this, but the thing is, Benfica, starting with Luis Felipe Vieira, took a very different approach to corruption than we have seen in both Portugal with Porto, or Italy with Juve and other clubs around the world, they decided to go from the media out. They started with the media. They began to control the media, and they continued to control the media. The simple fact that we read titles, new newspaper, okay, nas capas dos jornais, title says, the president of Benfica has amnesia. Therefore, he has no idea what has happened, and he has no idea what's going on. Bro, that speaks for itself. The fact that we read in the media, that Benficistas are pissed off that the hacker hacked Benfica, not the fact that the emails and the hack speaks it and says everything. And yeah. those two things are the clear indications as well as, and you can couple it with the fact that Bruno Carvalho was being murdered by the media week in and week out, day in and day out for his yeah. four and a half, five years of Sporting is everything you need to know is what's wrong in Portugal and our, in our league, our judicial system. That's it. Okay. There's Danny, go ahead, Danny. No, sorry. I just, um, anybody that has an iPhone 10, they understand the problem of having a fucking one output for either the charger and the headphone. So I'm actually just charging my phone right now. That's why I haven't jumped in because, um, you know, it's something that really pisses me off um, that's going on in Portuguese football that has been going on over the years. But um, I think you guys have covered it well. I, I, I agree on uh, everything you guys have mentioned. Um, you know, the, the, the Liga needs to ratify their mistakes from, from, their, from what they didn't do for Porto. And um, Paulo Gonçalves and others um, in this level of corruption, in this level of corruption, need to um, be banned for a lifetime uh, at, uh, at, uh, for sports in Portugal. Um, and, and finally, what I want to what I want to add because I've seen a lot of people saying it's just one guy and blah blah blah. When when in, in terms and I hate to make it into the specific case, but it's the most relevant one. Um, it's not just Paulo Gonçalves who who has um, who, who's having um, problems with the law. It's you know Befica Saad has been also accused of of I think thirty something crimes or twenty nine crimes. 39, yeah. 39, there you go. Yeah. And um, so it's not just one guy. It's not kicking out one guy. It's not kicking out one administration. And they, is... have, and they have seven already in the judicial system pending. They're talking about one now and there's six more, actually. And, and, and that's the thing. It, this isn't just... This is institutional corruption. So it isn't just kicking these guys out. It isn't just getting these guys into jail. It is punishing the Saad, the club itself. That is the punishment. It's not just punishing Mureides, because I've seen that and it's a joke. It's not just punishing them. 
but the Liga has to grow some balls and 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 punish Benfica. Whether that gives them a losses or, or not, I don't care. It, it, it is what it, ha- it has to be done. I see a lot of Benficas with the argument of if we're in the second division, the Liga Portuguesa, no vai ter nenhum, all of this, all of that. But so that's not the, but that's that's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. That, and it that's is, not it's, it's not only irrelevant, it's not true. It's it's, but it's even it, if it was yeah. true, so for the cash ball so for verdade, we're gonna lose titles in, in handball. Yes, agreed, agreed. I'm not trying to hide any any uh, to find any excuse. If my club no, is found guilty, we have to be punished, and whatever 100%. the punishment Whatever punishment we get, we have to accept it because we yep. were caught in corruption. Yep. And, 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 and but, but to, to get a Benfica to admit that, holy shit, this was my promise to Nossa Senhora de Fatima, my joelhos, caralho. E até assim, e até assim não sei. Epa, e até assim não sei. I've had a couple of Benfica admitting to me, but offline and quietly, just one-on-one, me and them. Epa, até tens razão, pá. Amigo, they have been butthurt for a very long time about Porto taking care of Portuguese soccer for a very long time. And they are more than paranoid and more stressed out every day that goes by if they can't make sure that Porto doesn't get closer to them. They hate that Sporting started becoming more than relevant. They hated that Bruno Carvalho had no fear in coming out and putting out people's businesses that he had awareness of or at least suspicion of, and they cannot stand it. They're scared. They're worried. They're panicking. And the time is now to prove once and for all how Portugal reacts to corruption. And this is the simple fact that, guys, soccer, football, no es softball. It's not just soccer. Sports is passion. Sports is money. Sports is people's lives, unfortunately. And Sporting, Porto, Benfica, and every fan of any other club in Portugal or in the world, they know how important the team, the sport is to their daily lives. If Portugal, if the judicial system, if the Portuguese Federation, if FIFA, UEFA, whoever, Let's this go and doesn't take care of what needs to be taken care of. Then in, let's start. Let's talk just about Portugal. Portuguese soccer is going to lose an enormous amount of credibility because you guys both know and everybody else knows that this Benfica scandal has been talked about the whole world. It was talked about on ESPN. It was talked about on CNN. It was talked about everywhere. So if but listen, but listen, and and I hate to say, it, but I have to bring it up because I want us to be true to ourselves. Cast ball as well. Cashball as well. When I brought this topic, it was to talk about the corruption that's going on in Portugal, and we, we talking about all the topics. And we, I, I can't deviate that something happened with the cashball. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that it's not true, but let's say in the future it says, no, we, we have evidence. Okay, and, and just one, one last thing that I'm going to say on, on the, just the media thing. Sorry, Nando. No, you're good. Because I've also seen other basically just saying that, you know, they're getting a lot of coverage on this and whatever. For vamos, this, la, vamos lá falar. Vamos lá falar. A lot of coverage. Espera.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.
how terrible that this incident was for Sporting, no matter how bad it looks on our name. Now, why should the same not be said with Benfica, who, if we're talking about Adept, they're the biggest in Portugal. If we're talking about titles, they have the most in Portugal. Some will say they are the best team in Portugal in terms of soccer. But nós sabemos que eles são uma merda, mas vá. The biggest team in terms of massa associativa and titles. But they don't want attention about being corrupt. They don't want attention about emails, of vouchers, paying referees, paying players, about potential winnings in the past. Killing two of our fans. Killing two of our fans. No, killing fans, they don't get any attention from that. You know, you know, you know what I heard. Because you know, you know what I heard from from close friends of mine, Benfica's uh, when when uh, that guy ran over the uh, Italiano, uh, who's part of the Fiorentina. Yeah, now no Vista. Aquelas horas da manhã. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. You saw the video. 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 That had to kill our friends because he was there at the wrong time and place. That justifies killing someone. Is that what you're saying? Let me clearly hear you say again. Is that what you're saying? Don't forget Oh, meu Deus. Pessoas assim com inteligência mesquinha. Don't forget that this is coming from a group of organizado fans, bro. I know. And they just chanted that in the study the lose and said, Ilegais, yeah, yeah. as if it's something of pride. And the last thing I'll say about Befica in the media, because it's something that actually pisses me off as well, is when it was Porto singing about um, they got killed and well deserved. When it comes towards uh, e, um, about Mark Ficini. I don't even want to repeat the chants, but the chants yeah, about that. The chants yeah. about very light. Nenhuma vez aqui na RTP Internacional, aqui em Canadá, nenhuma vez, meus amigos. All for those in Portugal listening in, in for RTP uh, Internacional here in Canada, where me, my dad, watch the the always without failing the the notícias, uh, uh, the desporto. The day that Iptupeira came out, they didn't even talk about Benfica. They didn't even talk about the club news, which they always do. So to say that they're crying about them getting um, all this media coverage in a bad light about a hacker of emails and how emails could have been blah, 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 blah. The fact is you guys aren't even getting as much as you really deserve. You guys are okay. getting nowhere near as much as you deserve. Agreed, and guys. All and, I got to uh, say. Yeah, we're running out of time. We've been doing the podcast for a little bit of time. Uh, but we all agreed that, um, to, to close it up, to wrap it up, that uh, Portugal judicial system, the government should take it seriously, uh, punish those involved in corruption, kick them out of uh, sports forever, not let them in, get involved in any. And I'm talking about anyone that's corrupted. It doesn't matter if it's Sportingista, Fiquista or Portista. What we want as fans is to talk about how well we played or how bad we played or how we can improve. But we're sick and tired of talking about corruption. So with that said, guys, have a great night. I hope Sporting wins on Thursday. And peace. Absolutely, guys. You all have a great night. Vivo Sporting. Hopefully we win on Thursday as well. 
And I can't wait for the next episode. Viva Sporting. Viva Sporting, caralho. É o maior Sporting.